Good afternoon, kids. It's your father. It's about 2 p.m. It's, uh, what is today? Today is, I guess they call it Indigenous Persons Day. When I was your age, the year now, 11, or excuse me, 12 and under, they called it Columbus Day. But evidently Columbus did a bunch of terrible things, and now we commemorate the day to Native Americans. So, you kids are home right now, you're with your mom until about 3, I figured, instead of getting home early, I might as well read some of the Bible to you guys. I woke up late, we, me and your mom and everyone slept in, the spy is at his aunt and uncle's house, I think it's your godparents too, which is kind of ironic because they're not believers, so I don't so many things to say, but I won't, because they're lovely people. So, I'm heading to the ferry parking lot. Hopefully I'll find some shade and read some of the second chronicles. See what Solomon's up to. Last time we left off, Solomon was building the temple. And I think he was almost complete with that. Yeah, no, I think he was. And the cloud of God came, appeared inside the Holy of Holies. Consequently, we just celebrated Yom Kippur. And before, you know, back in the ancient times, when God actually appeared to the Holy of Holies, to the high priest, the high priest would only go into, the, into the, this small room once a year. And I already gave the answer. It goes in during Yom Kippur. A few days before that was Rosh Hashanah. I think it's the day, I don't know what Rosh Hashanah is, but Yom Kippur is a day uh, of forgiveness. Forgiving the Jews of all their sins. So, I don't know a lot about Judaism. <sighs> so, I will get you guys around three. I'm going to inspect my bees first, and then we're going to go head out and pick up your youngest sibling, take him home, and a uh, really bumpy road. I was confident on that, sorry. We'll pick him up, bring him home, hopefully there'll be enough time to clean the house, because we have Bible study tomorrow. We're, I guess we're celebrating Taco Tuesday or something, I don't know. I guess we're doing tacos tomorrow. And me and you guys and your mom are probably expecting actual tacos, not like those hard shell American tacos. So I don't I don't know if, if that's I'm pretty sure people are gonna bring the hard shells. Last weekend was Fleet Week. So you can see a lot of the Blue Angels. Like nobody in this parking lot. Probably the Federal Holiday.
get done here. Break out the Bible. The Word of God. Amen. Let's see. <clears throat> second, second Chronicles, chapter six. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he will dwell in thick darkness, but I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, while at the assembly of Israel, while all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there, and I chose no man as prince over my people. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, it is not you who shall build the house, but your son who shall, build, who shall be born to you shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David my father and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have set the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide and three cubits high, and had set it in the court, and he stood on it. Then he knelt on his knees, and in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, and spread out his hands toward heaven, and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart, who have kept with your servant David my father what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand, and have fulfilled it this day. Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant David my father what you have promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. <clears throat> if only your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk in my law as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, let your word be confirmed which you have spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell with man on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I've, that I have built? It's a there's a quote from I'm gonna roll one down. Um, S. L. Lockridge and I I've opened the podcast with it, where he's describing Jesus and he uses that quote. Behold, the heavens cannot contain him, and then the next phrase he says is, "Let alone a man explain him." So we're gonna end the podcast today with with that spoken word. I love that. Okay, how much less this house that I have built, yet 
Have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea. O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you, that your eyes may be open day and night toward this house, the place where you have promised to set your name, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place, and listen to the pleas of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place, and listen from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor and is made to take an oath, and comes and swears his oath before your altar in this house, then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants, repaying the guilty by bringing his conduct on his own head, and vindicating the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. If your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they have sinned against you, and they turn again and acknowledge your name and pray and plead with you in this house, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them again to the land that you gave to them and to their fathers. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, if they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name, and turn from their sin when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, when you teach them the good way in which they should walk, and grant rain upon your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. If there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence or blight or mildew or locust or caterpillar, if their enemies besiege them in the land at their gates, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each knowing his own affliction and his own sorrow and stretching out his hands toward this house, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and render to each of those whose heart you know according to all his ways. For you, you only know the hearts of the children of mankind, that they may fear you and walk in your ways all the days that they live in the land that you gave to your father, to our fathers. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this house, Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. If your people go out to battle against their enemies by whatever way you shall send them, and they pray to you toward the city that you have chosen, and the house that I have built for you, for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea, and maintain their cause. If they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them and give them to an enemy so that they are carried away captive to a land far or near, yet if they turn their heart in the land to which they have been carried captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned and we have acted perversely and wickedly. If they repent with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity to which they were carried captive and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city that you have chosen, the house that I built for your name, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their pleas, and maintain their cause for, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, O oh my God, let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer of this place. And now arise, O Lord God, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember your steadfast love for David, your servant. That's kind of a long chapter. It's a beautiful prayer that Solomon makes. It's like a really beautiful prayer.
chapter 7. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord filled fill the Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord in the temple, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifice before the Lord. King Solomon offered as a sacrifice 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep, so the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. The priests stood at their posts, and the Levites also with the instruments for music to the Lord that King David has made for giving thanks to the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever. Whenever David offered praises by their ministry, opposite them the priests sounded trumpets, and all Israel stood. And Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered the burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. Because the bronze altar Solomon had made, could not hold the burnt offering at the grain offering and the fat. At that time Solomon held the feast for seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from Lebo Hamath to the brook of Egypt, and on the eighth day they held a solemn assembly, for they had kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the twenty third day of the seventh month he sent the people away to their homes, joyful and glad of heart for their prosperity, for the, for the prosperity that the Lord had granted to David and to Solomon and to Israel, his people. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded, you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man to rule in Israel. But if you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you, and this house that I have consecrated for my name. I will cast out my sight, and I will make it a proverb and a, by and a byword among all peoples. And, all, and at this house, which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them, me, of course I lose my place, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore he has brought all this disaster on them. Seven. Pretty good with time. Just sixteen minutes in. I'm gonna pause it for a second. Right. I think we'll do chapter eight and then nine, and then that'll be. Then I'll finish with that.
it's about 2.20 and I need to be there just by 3 so your mom can get out of there. Mm, chapter 8. At the end of 20 years in which Solomon had built the house of the Lord in his own house, Solomon rebuilt the cities of Haram, the cities that Haram had given to him, and settled the people of Israel in them. <clears throat> and Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and took it. He took Tadmor in the wilderness and all the store cities that he built in Hamath. He also built Upper Beth Haran and Lower Beth Haran, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, and Balath, and all the store cities that Solomon had, and all the cities uh, for his chariots, and the cities for his horsemen, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. All the people who were left of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who were not of Israel, from their descendants, who were left after them in the land, whom the people of Israel had not destroyed, these Solomon drafted as forced labor, and so they are to this day. Though the people of Israel, Solomon made no slaves for his work, they were soldiers and his officers, the commanders of his chariots and his horsemen, and these were the chief officers of King Solomon, 250, who exercised authority over the people. Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the house that he had built for her. For he said, My wife shall not live in the house of David, king of Israel, for the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. Then Solomon offered up burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of the Lord that he had built before the vestibule. As the duty of each day required, offering according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the three annual feasts. the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. According to the ruling of David his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service and the Levites for their offices of praise and ministry before the priests, as the duty of each day required, and the gatekeepers in their divisions at each gate. For so David the man of God had commanded, and they did not turn aside from the king, from what the king had commanded the priests and Levites concerning any matter concerning the treasuries. <clears throat> Thus was accomplished all the work of Solomon, from the day the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid until it was finished, so the house of the Lord was completed. Then Solomon went to Ezion Geber and Eloth on the shore of the sea, in the land of Edom. <clears throat> and Hiram sent to him by the hand of his servants ships and servants familiar with the sea. And they went to Ophir together with the servants of Solomon, and brought from there 450 talents of gold, and brought it to King Solomon. Ophir um, is, I believe it's somewhere in, it's, Theorized to be in Lebanon, this great gold mine that still exists. But um, there's been a lot, of, a lot of documentaries on where it might be and whether there's gold there or not. It's interesting. I really doubt there's gold there, but I'm sure they got most of it. Chapter 9. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Having a very great retinue of camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind, and Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants and their clothing his cupbearers and their clothing, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there is no more breath in her. <laughs> and she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. 
and behold, half the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your wives, happy are these servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you, and set you on his throne as king for the Lord your God. Because your God loved Israel and would establish them forever, he has made you king over them, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and very and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. There were no spices such as those that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon, who brought gold from Ophir, brought algum wood and precious stones. And the king made from the algum wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house. Lears also in harps for the singers. There's never, there never was seen the like of them before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what she had brought to the king. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, besides that which the explorers and merchants brought. And all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold. 600 shekels of beaten gold went into each shield. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. 300 shekels of gold went into each shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold, which were attached to the throne on each side of the seat, were armrests and two lions standing beside the armrests. While twelve lions stood there, one on each end of, the, of a step on the six steps. Nothing like it was ever made for any kingdom. All Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold. All the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon, for the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years the ships of Tarshish used to come, bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Wow. Heck of a menagerie. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present articles of silver and gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. And Solomon had 4,000 stalls for horses and chariots, and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. And he ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines, and to the border of Egypt. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And horses were imported for Solomon from Egypt, from all lands. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon from first to last are they not written in the history of Nathan the prophet, in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Solomon reigned in Jerusalem all of Israel forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father. And Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. And we will stop in chapter 9 because I have to go get lunch meat at the market. God then answered Solomon's prayer and told him, I will be forgiving if people turn and come back to me. 
there's this common thread which I've mentioned in the Old Testament where Israel messes up God saves them once they turn from messing up and put their eyes on the Lord and when Jesus walked the earth whenever he'd heal someone he'd say okay go and sin no more which is impossible but I think what he's trying to say is um, that's how you show love for God is trying not to sin I I wanted to call it like you have to pay for it but frankly I don't know what I'm saying but the bottom line is people will say the Old and New Testament are completely different. They're not. They're really not. It's the same exact message. Don't sin. There's a penalty for it. And if you sin, you need to repent. And part of repenting isn't just saying, I'm sorry, Lord. It's, I'm sorry, Lord. I am not going to do that again. I'm going to try as hard as I can. Please help me. I'll read your word and I'll do anything I can. Please help me not sin like this again. This habitual sin that I think is the most dangerous. The sin that you plan. It's not like so much the... And the, the Bible doesn't really say this, so I mean, this is just what, what, I, what I think. So it may be anathema to the actual Christian theology, but say in the criminal world, <clears throat> if you kill someone in the heat of passion you don't go to prison as long but if you plan if you plan a murder and carry it out you'll you could likely face the death penalty so I think planned planned sinning planned habitual sinning is the worst form and I am guilty of it as anybody wish I wasn't Right now I'm going to this safe way. Oh jeez. Kids just hit the Go ahead. Hit the crosswalk light. Right as I'm about to pass through it. Um, and I'm just gonna go. Uh, right now I'm driving by the building we had the entrepreneur's baby shower up. Just randomly had it at this place on a part of this city. It's called Bay Farm Island, but it's not an island. And it just grates me. This is not an island. It's a peninsula. Where we live is an island. Dredged, but it's still an island. We have this cute little Safeway right here that I will go to. Get some stuff. I love you very much, children, and I'm proud of you. Give your mom a call. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you guys too. See what you think. See if my um, exegesis exegesis of this is correct, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe one of you became pastors and you're debunking most of the stuff I'm saying. That's fine. We'd love to talk to you about it. Hope you have a great day.
God bless you children in everything that you do and in everything you do. Do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless. The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. David said the heavens declare the glory of God. And the fundament showeth his handiwork. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He starves God and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is a key of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. He's a master of the mighty. He's a captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. Yeah. That's my king. My king. Yeah. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he, he's indescribable. 
He's in the traveler. Yes. He, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah! He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't even teach him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. is the kingdom and the power and the glory the glory is all his thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and when you get through with all of the forever then amen yeah.